G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. You're on 2020. Neil Johnson, back from my secret assignment to the Middle East, where I was in Lebanon. I had the opportunity to visit some Syrian refugees in one of the smaller refugee camps in the city of Zaleh. That's right on the border of Syria and Lebanon. There are 800,000 refugees currently in the Bekaa Valley in Lebanon. It's right on the border of Syria and is the entrance point for many of the refugees who are escaping the Syrian conflict. Well, in the first visit to a refugee family, I was taken to a disused chicken coop where a family had set up a makeshift home. They'd fashioned a room out of hessian bags sewn together. And like any family raising children, they'd done what they could to make life comfortable. The families in this chicken coop had been refugees for more than two years and were forced to leave their homes when the bombings and the violence became too difficult to bear. Our interpreter's name is Nazir. He is part of our actual conversation with the refugee family. Can I ask uh, how many of you live in this room here? Okay. They are living five. Five five people. Her her son-in-law, that means the husband of this lady, uh, live alone in another room. And also this one with in another room. And, And how long is it now that you've been here? Can we ask what you were doing in Syria? What was your life like in Syria before you had to come to Lebanon? Uh, uh, she said that uh, her husband used to work in the fields. He said that he used to sell uh, vegetables. She says he, they pay rent here. And when you were in Syria, what was it that caused you to need to leave? What was the what was the reason why you needed to leave your home and come across the border? Shu shu li jabarkun tetrkusuriya tijulahon. Al harb 
شو شو جبرنا؟ الارهاب لا خلي واحد خلي واحد بس لا منيح ما شو جبرنا؟ الحرب ذا وور ذا وور ذا وور اند شي سيز شيلينج شيلينج وات واز ات لايك وين ذا شيلينج واز هابنينج اراوند يور هوم وقت اللي كان في ضرب حواليك وشو شو كنتوا كيف كانت الحياه؟ كنا يعني عايشين شوي منيح بس لما صار الحرب علينا اسف علينا هربنا وجينا لهون Well, once once the shelling was far from them, they tried to stay at home. But when shelling was very near, they left the country. This family is from Aleppo, and they travelled to the Lebanese border by bus. Some of the children were babies when they left their homes, but some of the children are old enough to remember the violence. <laughs> The elder among them, the elders, still, still are afraid here to, to sleep because... She says at night the children the children tell her there will be any shelling here so they are still afraid the elders he says that the youngers of them do not uh, understand what's going on the children in this family don't have any opportunity to go to school في شيء من الاولاد عم يروحوا على المدرسه؟ لا لا ما ولا واحد؟ لازم يروحوا بس مش عم يعني ما بتقدروا مثلا They cannot afford sending them to schools. They are not going, all of them. No one of them is going, is going to school. So do you try to teach children yourselves as parents and grandparents? Is that a possibility for you? Do you have to, because you can't send your children to school, you have to do something the best you can. You mean teach them home teaching? teaching yeah. That's what you mean. That's right. He says we do not know. We do not know. That means he is illiterate, maybe. Yes, Most probably. Yes. One of the heartbreaking aspects faced by many refugees is that they lose contact with family members. And so they live with uncertainty as to the safety of loved ones. Our interpreter, Nazir, asked the grandmother about whether she's heard from her two sons. <laughs> she says that both, the one who is lost, she doesn't know anything about him. Even the one who is in the army, she knows nothing about him. I told, I asked her even again, ever since she left, she knows nothing about him. She, she said, I'm not lying. That's why I laughed. I'm not lying. This family has no contact with relatives and friends back in their homeland, Syria. 
They have no telephone and they don't believe their family or friends in Syria have access to telephones either. They hold a very slim glimmer of hope that their future will be brighter. Can I ask a question about hope? Uh, Do you hope one day to return home? If if peace if peace comes again, we surely would return because she says, "Is this a way of living?" We asked the young mother about her biggest concerns for her family. She first thanks God that they came here and her children are still alive. But then she says, uh, we hope that peace will come again to Syria and we will go home back. We, could, we go back home. Yeah, compared to Syria now, at this place, at this time, compared to Syria, it's nice to be here. In other words, they do not like to be in, in the world. Is this a, a place to live in? Uh, to stay here. Mm. The refugee families need to pay rent for the meagre accommodation they have. And while the rents to us may not seem high, when you can find little or no work, and what work you can find is seasonal, there's enormous financial pressure on families. <laughs> Their, their husbands work in summertime because there is work in summertime. So they make some money to pay for rent because during winter time there is no work. The food portion that they get from the church through us uh, they say it's good, it's good, but it's not enough because they are many. So they have to uh, buy things, to borrow money, to buy other things. And the rent, she said, she misses paying three months. I asked this family what they'd like to say to people listening in to our conversation. <laughs> The answer is divided into two parts. The first part, she said, uh, she said, and then he continued. She said, we are leading a miserable life. He interfered to say, as you say, as you can tell, to say that it is really 
a big loss and it is a pity for children not to go to school. They, for instance, when, when they see a bus stopping to bring children to school, they feel very sad, the children and their parents. Can I ask about health care? And when you have sickness, how do you deal with that? Is there adequate health care in the community here? وقت اللي انتو بصير في مرض بيناتكم واحد بيمرض كيف كيف بتداوى كيف بتداوى عم ناخذو عند الاخ نزيه على الكنيسه كل نهار تنايم مشان كل تنايم اوكي اي والله also every every monday we have a medical team that come to church to our church where we were just in. and they she says we went until Monday to take any patient there. We concluded our conversation with the grandmother in the family saying, under different circumstances, had we come to visit them in their home in Syria, they would have slain a lamb for us to show their hospitality. In closing, we asked this family what they missed most about their old lives. أكثر شيء اللي مستفقدين له بمجد كلهم وطن وطن إيه وطن إيه وطنه بلد بلدي بلدنا يا أبا أكثر شيء الوطن our homeland ما في أغلب الوطن the homeland the homeland is valuable is valuable شلون هني بلد غالي كمان نحن and she thinks that your homeland is valuable for you. On my travels to meet with these Syrian refugees and with Christian leaders, I was inspired to take the prayers of Australian Christians directly into the circumstances of misery faced by so many families. Here is the prayer that I prayed on your behalf as a listener to our 2020 program on the Vision Radio Network, as we stood together within the walls of sewn-together Hessian bags in this makeshift room inside the disused chicken coop, perhaps you'd like to pray along with the prayer that I prayed for this beautiful refugee family. Loving God, we are filled with sadness with the state of this family. Ya Rabbana, nahnu نحزن جدا من هذا المنظر في هذه العائلة. We ask you for your strength and courage to be in each one as they go through these hard times. ونتمنى يا رب إنك تعطي القوة والشجاعة لكل واحد منهم بهالأيام الصعبة. Our prayer is that you will bring peace to the Syrian homeland and that you will restore hope in the people. We ask that you look after the needs of these children, that these children might grow to young adults filled with hope and life. 
ومنصلي من شان الولاد إنه يكبروا وبقلوبهم في شجاعة وقوة ورجاء. And that you would encourage each heart to know what it is to experience the love of God even when the times seem so difficult. وبنتمنى يا رب إنك تجعل بقلب كل واحد يعرف إنه محبة الرب بتلاحقه حتى في الأوقات الصعبة. And we ask this in the name of our Lord. Jesus. منصلي هالصلاة باسم ربنا يسوع. آمين. We'll be hearing some more stories similar to this one this week as we unpack my secret visit to the Middle East. There in the Bekaa Valley on the border between Syria and Lebanon where an unparalleled humanitarian crisis is underway. We'll hear those stories and we'll even offer warnings ahead of some of the stories. Some of the stories are so hard-hitting, uh, very, very difficult to even hear. We'll hear some of those tomorrow and again on Thursday here on 2020. Do stay with us. More to come. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.